Okay, that's fine. People watch this, do they? Apparently. <laughs> really? Oh my god. At least four people. People even come on the show regularly. <laughs> really? Oh, that's different. I mean, I, 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 I come on these things. That? I don't necessarily. I've got, Stay I've got music to listen to. I don't have time to. Uh... <laughs> hey, the... hell, what is that you're drinking? That's, that's my own urine. Yeah, sterilise. <laughs> you boil it up first, you see. Distill it. Yeah, a bit of sugar and a bit of yeast. And they're well away. Oh, that's good stuff, I'll tell you. There you go. Now you've got, you got, now you got your beginning clip, right? <laughs> good morning, everyone, and welcome to another Sunday Roast. We're back again with two wonderful guests. We have David and All Shorts. David, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm David Hanning from social media and Twitter, and I know something about trade, but that doesn't stop me tweeting about lots of other things as well. Actually, we can't call it tweeting. Anyway, whatever. Musking. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Great to have you back. Uh, all Shorts, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Hello there. I like Barb All Shorts, and I live in France. And I was affected by that thing called Brexit back in 2016. Destroyed my business, that it did. And now I'm doing YouTube, talking about Brexit and other stupid stuff that seems to be coming out of this, they call it a government or something, don't they? Yeah, are, they are they supposed to be our rulers? Because that's what it feels like. It feels like a dictatorship to me. Very it's always great to have you back. My wonderful co-host... <laughs> Alex, can you tell us a bit about yourself for anyone who's new to the show? Hi, I'm Alex, also known as Political X. I run a YouTube channel, I'm a journalist, and I'm also a historian. And my wonderful co-host, Max. My name is Max. I run the Robespierre channel where I talk about British politics and Brexit in particular. Um, Alex, what's our first topic for today? Interesting. Suella Braverman. She's left office. <laughs> in Quiet and Gone and forgotten. Yeah, well, it'd be, it, yeah, well, maybe. Uh, it's been interesting as well seeing how much damage she did in leaving. And, you know, it almost felt a bit like she burnt the house down in order to promote herself. I don't know. All sorts. What, what do you think? I don't know if you ask me, but it's, it's about self-preservation. And Is she uh, laying down the gauntlet or is she just trying to create a path for, to get back in? Maybe as the next prime minister? Wouldn't that be lovely? I mean, I think we should remember what happened briefly on Remembrance Day and how she got sacked. Well, after saying that sleeping on the streets was a lifestyle choice and we should take tents away from homeless people, she then called upon the far right, in effect, to defend the uh, the cenotaph from people who weren't marching anywhere near it, uh, which they did uh, mainly by attacking the police. Uh, um, we were protecting it. Um, on on this was this was last Saturday, so um, it wasn't exactly the normal behaviour of the Home Secretary. But these are not normal times. Well, no, some people were also getting tiles. upset about the fact that she was also telling the police what their job was supposed to be, and that is supposed to be not what uh, politicians do. We actually have a an independent uh, police. So. All, all things considered, that was all the run-up, and then she wrote a letter in which she wrote the word betrayal 173 times, and said there was a secret deal between her and the Prime Minister. Uh, no details have been forthcoming yet about this uh, about this secret deal, um, but maybe you know we have that to uh, to uh, to look forward to. But it was it, it was it was quite a few days. I mean, normally that would be a story we'd be talking about. Um, for, for many days to come, but then other things happened. Doesn't end, does it? 
It's just chaos. It's um, conservative chaos. I've never seen a conservative. I don't know in history of a government like this. Max, what are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane what's going on. But uh, I think what she's doing is it's all part of her plan to become the next leader of the Conservative Party. So when Rishi Sunak crashes and burns, loses his seat, maybe loses his seat, but definitely loses uh, the election, uh, she'll be able to sweep in and say, look, I you should have voted for me. I was right all along. You know, I had promised to stop the bolts and all of these things. Rishi said he would go along with that. He didn't. Um, now you need to vote for me. But it's it's not about winning an election. Her that's not her goal. It's about internal politics, and she wants them. Um, but but the there is this there is this view of Savannah Bravham and many others that she and the views she espouses are terrifically popular. And this is the uh, this 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 is the view. Now you do see opinion polls. Virtually all the opinion polls say that's not true and the way they respond to that is generally to say the people are wrong we are right and so we get this sort of sense that you've got this bubble who think that um basically the entirety of the uk is made up of people who pretty much worship at the altar of saint suella or the uh, the, po the policies at the uh, at the very least and that the reason that the conservatives are at 22 percent or 25 percent in the opinion polls is because they're not right wing enough yeah, but it's, um, it's not... Now that's that that seems to be where this all comes from, and if only they were more right wing, if only they were more aggressive to uh, to foreigners, if only we cut ourselves off from the rest of the world, if only we had the the perfect Brexit, the perfect exit from well any international obligations at all, the people would love Suella. But what's it say about the people when she's got history? You know, well, well, it says about the people they don't appear to love her anyway. So uh, well, they... yeah, but. If... If you think about her past and what have you, she got, oh, she got took off the New York bar, didn't she? And uh, she was a part, part of this well Buddhist cult, which she apparently goes every month. And uh, she got off the lead. Well, he's dead now, but the the leader of the uh, that particular Buddhist cult um, off who first, uh, you know, he's dead. Well, let's say he passed, I think he passed away, and oh, quite can't remember what it was now. But anyway, he passed away. But he'd um, a sex offender, abusing men. Within within this, but yeah, but she she got him off. You know what kind of person does that? And it was only like a year ago, wasn't it, when she was <laughs> a, pre a previous um, Home Secretary, and uh, she lost her job for being a leaky sue, and also uh, she wrote a scathing letter about um, Liz Truss back then as well. She's got she's got history. It's like everyone seems to have seen a very short memory. It's like that's the past, and this is the here and now. We, we just talk about what's going on now, but you know, she, she hasn't changed. She's the same person. She's just an evil piece of work. She really is. It, it makes you wonder why you Sunak actually brought her back in. And, you know, the rumor that was kicking around in the media was the fact that he needed someone on the right wing of the party to come in and put down the law or break the law, <laughs> whatever way she sort of felt fit in order to um, appease part of the party. Well, I mean, you always hear this thing about the Tory party being quite a broad church, but. It was interesting because you said Saint Suella, David. I thought I thought for a second you might have said Satan Suella. I couldn't I couldn't quite make out around here. Uh, well, there's two theories going around here. One is that uh, Rishi Sunak needed support from the uh, the right of the party. Feels that he needs to appease her. There is a second theory, which is Rishi Sunak is desperate to show he is actually part of that incredibly uh, right right wing circle who bizarrely enough have never forgiven him for not being Boris Johnson, even though Boris Johnson isn't, you know, actually isn't quite that, uh, that, that person, but that, uh, that Rishi Sunak 
actually believes in this stuff. Um, and if we see, I know we jump around in topics, but if we see his response yesterday on, uh, uh, yesterday, a few days ago, on the courts on, uh, um, about the uh, fi finding his uh, Rwanda policy illegal, chance for a reset? No, double down. I am very, I am now angry, uh, Rishi. And, uh, you know, I am going to fix it. I'm going to, uh, you know, sh shape the world to my uh, to my spreadsheet, basically. I mean, this suggested to me that essentially, uh, you know, apart from everything else, uh, Rishi Zunak is basically the spreadsheet operator, the backroom, uh, the, the, the backroom guy who somehow has become the leader. He's a, he's a Napoleon without any ability, isn't he? Short man with a with a few complexes and issues and inabilities and quick to anger as well. But you know, no power. Like, well, well, he'll check that out on the spreadsheet. He'll see what that says, and then he'll decide whether he agrees with it. <laughs> He's extremely weak. Have you ever had any interactions with him? Me, mm. Um, I mean, you do realise that I'm, you know, you, you know, blacklisted from government. Well, most of it. Some, some bits still annoyingly talk to me, but it's not good for my credibility. But uh, <laughs> no, but um, I did bump into, bizarrely enough, his uh, his father-in-law. Uh, in a uh, in a shop on Regent Street uh, a, f a few weeks ago, and his father-in-law, who runs an incredibly uh, successful business, a very rich man, but is not at all like a Sunak who likes to travel by helicopter and not mix with the uh, with the common folk at all. His father was buying uh, was buying coats or something or other in Uniqlo. So, um, right, uh, yeah, there you go. There's a, I'm bringing that as an exclusive to uh, to the show. Um, <laughs> So, but no, I have had no. I, I, he's walked past me once, and he is the thinnest uh, man I've ever seen. Actually, Rishi Zunak. He is not a, not only is quite short, but he is incredibly thin. I um, uh, and you see that sometimes in pictures that you know when he's when he's when he's picked ne pictured next to uh, to to someone else, and he just you know he 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 just looks like it's the uh, the, the the kid on work experience. So is that why he's always got short trousers? Then the ones he can get off the peg. In the kids section. We shouldn't get personal, should we? <laughs> <laughs> They're asking for it, aren't they? They are. I mean, you see the stuff that's coming out on social media. You're <clears> going, <throat> on the one hand, they're able to instigate it. And then you're seeing the, the vile pushback against them as well, which, you know, it's almost like they're creating the monster that they don't realise could potentially devour them. It's not like the right wing are going to be on their side when this, like, if it, if it all kicked off. It's not like the right wing are going to be on their side. And yet that's who they're baying to. Uh, Max, Boston, but at the same time, they brought in, they brought back uh, David Cameron. What the hell was that about? So, he wants to be a lord. Yeah, well, lord well, apparently Cameron. he was. Apparently he was bored. He was. He was bored <laughs> not being prime minister, just as he was kind of bored being prime minister. So he sort of said, "Well, foreign secretary, I think I think I could do a bit of that." Um, I'm surprised. So... That, I, I imagine Rishi Sunak went through his list of uh, probably anyone, anyone he knows. He's like Jeremy Corbyn. No, 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 not. Don't bring on Jeremy Corbyn. Okay, who's next? Uh, David Cameron. Yeah, we'll bring him back. <laughs> Do you think there was a part of him that thought, well, Boris has had that position before. Should I bring him back? Uh, yes. He did um, a good job then, didn't he? <laughs> feels but, very random and just out of the blue. There must have been something else going on. I assume he didn't want to do too much of a shuffle because if you look at it, it's like we we don't have any one minister in a position for more than nine to 12 months. And you cannot get any policy through. I mean, it's hard enough getting policy through anyway. Nonetheless, having a new person turn up and try and build a new set of policy. I mean, you look at Braverman. She clearly had these ideas in her head. I mean, that letter was one of the most arrogant letters in history. 
by miles. I mean, the fact that she was like, oh, you didn't listen to me. It's like, well, maybe your ideas were shit. Did you actually think of that, Suella? No, of course not, because your ego and your arrogance are on a different plane. But but Sunak has these ideas that he's going to fix everything in, you know, with one, you know, with one step, he's going to fix his popularity. So with one step, I'm going to cancel HHS2 and I will then be popular. Not quite working out. I'm going to cancel it in the city it was due to run to uh, and, uh, you know, and replace it with something that's not at all defined that's full full of errors. And this one's another one. I am going to bring back Cameron and I will suddenly be popular and everyone will say the UK is a truly glorious country and uh, look look at how important their foreign secretary is. And everybody just went, what? Yeah, all right. Yeah, whatever. Whatever next. As you say, there'll be another one along in a, in a, in a few months' time, you know. Rishi, you know, Rishi, Rishi, Rishi's got a new date. Is it the case he's surrounded by people who are just continually telling him, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right, because maybe he's really rich and they want, uh, I don't know, a job with him after or something like that? Regarding um, David Cameron, maybe uh, Liberty Steel will now get their money. They're taxpayer money. He's got a lot to answer for, hasn't he? He's in a good position now, hasn't he? So, ge- yeah. so genuinely, I think, you know, is it to do with the people who surround him? I don't think we actually, I don't think we actually know. It just it, it just strikes me that it's sort of one thing after another. I think it is part of this sort of uh, right-wing bubble. It just assumes that, yes, he should be popular. And if only he does X, whatever X is the next thing, then that will make the difference. And that will, he will suddenly be all popular. Bit hard for me to tell. I mean, it may well be that three quarters of the people who are working for him, or nearly everybody is going like, I'm going to need a job in, in, the, in, the, in, the, ne- in the next year. So, you know, what's, what's the point of me standing up against him uh, now? I need to spend most of my time talking to, you know, Google or Microsoft or whoever and make sure I've got a job when, uh, when, when all this comes crashing down. So they're just all yeah. yes men. Maybe it's the maybe yeah. it's the uh, the spreadsheet thing that you were talking about earlier. He puts into the spreadsheet minus HHS two plus uh, boats uh, whatever equals yeah. victory <laughs> equals victory. Uh, doesn't right then HHS two plus, uh, plus 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 boats plus Cameron. <laughs> it's, minus, it's a bit like how does minus he think... Suella. If he's going to double down, he's going to have to produce some. And if he can't leave the ECHR, and, you know, without completely totaling, for example, the Good Friday Agreement and God knows what else that's attached to it, then doubling down isn't going to help his cause. It would be, I mean, if you were politically savvy, wouldn't you just change course? Wouldn't you even consider you going, look, there was a really stupid policy set up by my predecessor. We've got a better idea. We're going to set up a processing center. Those boats won't come in. And eventually these processing center being set up make it secure it's in france you don't let the press near it and it begins to shut everything down a little bit i mean is that is that me just being too clever or just no, too you're, look, nice? you're looking perplexed now can i just ask you what part of the last seven years have you missed when you're sort of su- suggesting that there should be be be, be competence you know if, if that question you know sorry that's maybe a bit unfair so let's ask another one. what part of sunak's record in government have you have you missed when you you know suggesting that there may be some competence coming out I mean, oh he got what, inflation he, down didn't he get inflation down that well, was all sunak, yes, he's, wasn't he's it? been cycling around all the he, to help out. you know i see him around my te- you know around my tesco every day putting the price tags down just so they can get inflation <laughs> down uh, you know that's <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's really probably been his main contrib- contribution <laughs> 
I really hope that's the case. There was an amazing picture of him dressed up as a delivery driver. If anyone's seen that, but, 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 the, but the point is possible. It could happen, couldn't it? He could lose all his money and. and... <laughs> I don't think so. Well, the point, the point, the point stands. You're assuming competence. I don't see why you're assuming, uh, why you're assuming competence. If you, you know, just assume that this is a, uh, you know, a script, a scripted series that we're unfortunately the victims of. This is just yet, a, you know, yet more part part of the, uh, the 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 script of incompetence. People won't keep watching if they if 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 all this daft shit doesn't happen. But it's, it's like it's, everything, it's, everything it's, he says. It, it seems like it's just like spur of the moment kind of. I've got to say this, I've got to say that. It's like he's following Boris Johnson, you know? It's not far off, is it? No. I well, so. well, Dominic Cummings claims, you know, he got Boris Johnson in pan. Not he, misogynist, Sunak by the way. was his man. Cumming, Sunak was Cummings' man as well. So there you go. So it's actually, you know, maybe that is exactly right, because Dominic Cummings, the self-styled cleverest man in the, uh, in, in, in the universe, another one who has done nothing whatsoever to earn any of that kudos whatsoever... And by the, by the way, I'm just in, in passing, I haven't read Nadine Dorries uh, book, but of course, you know, that also uh, ha- happened. The Nadine Dorries pot boiler on, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, dead cats in the conservative, uh, literally dead cats, I think, in the, in the, in the conservative party. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just one long melodrama that is uh, that is, that is going on here. And I think that you're I, I just don't understand why you're expecting competence here. It's one of those things of false hope. You 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 think to yourself that they're so evil and they're so good at spreading hate that that level of competence is there. Is there something else? Surely to rise to the top of the Conservative Party would it's instill medium. some level of competence or intelligence going to Oxford? He did go to Oxford, went to Lincoln College. Was that an element of intelligence? I mean, he must also, and let's face it, he must get some level of advice from somewhere. To give him some sort of idea of what he's doing, he, I mean, we agree that they're in a bubble. I'm playing slightly devil's advocate. I can't, but bet- how have you got me to start defending Rishi fucking Sunak? Like, what the fuck? Well, that's why I was not no, invited on no, again, not, again last I'm time. I accused you of being, like, you of being Boris Johnson's agent, and I was never invited on after that. So you, you should have remembered <laughs> that. That uh... feels very Trumpian to me. Yeah. <laughs> All sorts. You said uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about wind, wind power, and how that's. <laughs> well, we are talking a lot about hot not air. Sensitive microphone, but it's not that sensitive. <laughs> What's been going on with green energy in the UK? Well, the deals get put out, don't they? And they can bid on the deals and regarding the, the you know, the wind farms, the offshore wind farms, what have you, and. No one bidded. This was about a month ago, or was a month, six weeks ago, and no firms bidded. Now, they just recently, and the government has recently announced that they're actually increasing the actual uh, the offers just so they can try and get some, you know, get, get them to bid on it, but they're still not high enough. But while everything's going on in um, British politics, obviously, we're talking a lot about um, the war in, uh, you, know, ha- you know, Hamas and what have you, and the Gaza Strip. And we're not talking about other stuff. Uh, you know, the stuff that matters to ordinary people in the UK. I'm not saying that this stuff's important, because of course it is, but it does consume everything. And this government absolutely loves it because it's just something to talk onto and latch onto, like they did with the Ukraine war with the Boris Johnson, that, you know, getting dressed up, some sort of cosplay. But <laughs> it's, um, it feels a little bit like lots of things that really are important are not getting discussed and not getting dealt with. Because there's just there's not enough time in Parliament, and not enough time in the media or anyone. It's just everyone is just. I think people are tired as well, to be honest. And e- and even doing the yeah the, my channel, 
talking about Brexit and politics, it it sucks a life out of you. It really does, and it's um it's difficult sometimes. But if we don't deal with this stuff, especially regarding the environment and what have you, and well, well, nothing actually really matters. Do you think it's it, the 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 reason that they're bringing in the increased prices for bidding for wind power and uh, I assume it's all on offshore still, isn't it? That is all nothing on shore. Yeah. Um, is that that's just to raise more capital for the treasury? Is that would that well, be the gist that, of it? That Not could, that yeah. they care about the environment or anything, but just to raise the coffers. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, um, I, I, it's a very difficult situation. Yet no one really wants to talk about anything regarding the environment. Whenever I do videos about it, no, it, they 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 complete flop. But the thing about it is, for me, is that if we don't deal with it, well, then what what have we got? You know, we we need clean water, which we haven't got. Okay, Therese Kofi's decided to do a runner now. But, you know, we, we haven't got clean air. We haven't got clean, although, to be fair on you, Les, has pretty much improved mm. the state of the air in London. I'm sure that the right-wingers hates that. Yeah, the right, rather all the kids die, I suppose. But, um, but if we don't deal with this stuff, these kind of issues, and not just, you know, on a national level, but on an international level, we're not going to have anything to... Well, our kids' futures don't look that rosy, but like that. It was, but, but yeah. you, like, there's a point that you raised there as well, is that one of the issues that is being talked about, of course, all the time is immigration. Mm. But if, if we don't deal with climate change, um, we're going to see more refugees uh, fleeing countries that are uh, suffering the, the sharp end of, of climate change. So you would you would imagine that the right wing would be saying, well, we, we actually don't want all these people coming here. So let's do something about climate change. But they're like, no, we don't want to do it. We don't believe it in some cases. That's true. So we don't want to we don't want to mitigate it. We don't want to deal with it. Um, and we don't want to deal with the consequences of it. Yeah, it was interesting reading the OBR report that stated this year's OBR report. I think it was in June, which basically came out and said, we've got a problem because we're going to lose all our tax revenue to. Uh, electric cars due to electric cars so i think it calculated that the tax revenue from petrol cars was 25 billion and that essentially they were they didn't say it but you could see that sunak's policy towards that was let's keep the petrol cars going then so we don't lose that revenue so quickly is that the reason why? At... or was it the one and a half billion deal for his in-laws uh, i don't think that but uh, um i mean uh, two 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 things there one um, I'm just going to quote this back at you. It was interesting to read the OBR report. I mean, you know, each to their own. That's what I will say to that. Um, secondly, on electric uh, on electric vehicles, yeah, you've you've got a problem. I mean, we've not been uprating uh, fuel duty in line with inflation for many many years, and that's going to happen. You've got a problem with actually finding, um, you know, doing new things. So any any new things, if 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 you like. Pretty obvious. It's been obvious for some years, frankly, that you should be having some kind of national road charging scheme that mm. takes over from uh, duties duties on 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 petrol. The technology is now perfectly uh, in in, pla in place to do it, but it falls in the too difficult category. And unfortunately, rather a lot falls in the too difficult category. Uh, well, practically everything actually at the moment. And so, you know, it's certainly going to be in the too difficult category for the next year. Question then is. Will Labour come in and immediately say we're going to do all of these different things? You know, big ask that. So, you know, but we're basically on hold anyway. I mean, what you just said, we're basically on hold anyway with any normal politics attempting to do anything for uh, and, 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 until there's an election. But even then, the, the stack of problems is just enormous. And yes, the uh, the entire green green uh, transition is part of it. But, you know, uh, 
people actually having somewhere to live is, is kind of part of it as well. And, mm. uh, you know, dull things like, you know, the health service or, um, uh, you know, ed education system, the entire public services, local authorities that are all that are all bankrupt and so on. Railway system that doesn't quite, that doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got and you're not. Can I just say, we, we've seen some success on that front um, at, at a local level. So we've seen mayors do a better job than maybe central government. So maybe if Labour are talking about de, de, uh, devolving more powers to to cities and to local administrations, maybe they could deal with the problem better. They could, you know, install more um give more incentive if they have the money of course but if but then that's depending. yeah that's, look there 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 are things that can be done but it's a it's a huge it's a huge problem but essentially the point is and nothing is happening you're absolutely right nothing mm -hmm. is that uh nothing nothing is happening right now in uh, in parliament we also had a king's speech at some point the bills are nothing in particular nope. um so you, you know pol politics politics is on hold well uh, and and uh, while the world waits to uh, to hear from us about what we think about Israel and Hamas and how we're going to sort it, well, there's a, it's an interesting segue, but it also connects in with everything here. If the for whatever reason that conflict expands, we can see petrol prices going back up, and then you go back into the issues of inflation. You, you, you so it's not interesting. So, well, I mean, we we could be a bit facetious towards the government in terms of saying, look, you know, how important are you if they're going to listen? But we also know that our weapons factories are very much supplying uh, the Middle East and sp specifically Israel. So if we did turn around and say we want a ceasefire and we said to our industrial complex, our military industrial complex, please tone it down. And we tried to pressure the American government to do the same. Not that they'd listen, but. It would be something. And you go, if this gets out of hand, and there have been rumblings from Iran and Jordan and Hezbollah, which are predominantly based in uh, Jordan, if that was to expand, I could see petrol prices going through the roof again. Because that's what they always do. As soon as there's any rumblings in the Middle East, they'll use it as an excuse to jack up the prices. Well, and then you're back to Putin also on. had a bit of an issue, didn't he? What's that? Putin, he also had a bit of an issue. Yeah. If you're yeah. in the West, but, well, well, I spoke. I spoke recently with a, uh, well, a, a bunch of a bunch of uh, uh, <laughs> industry professionals who were, yeah, completely uh, scared of um, oil prices going up as their big as their biggest problem. Which does remind us, I think, they were just a little segue as well into infl into inflation coming down. Does remind mm. us that in our uh, global world, um, it's wonderful the uh, UK do government doing such a great job against inflation, like every other country, because it's all come down in the same way in every uh, um, in, in 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 every country. Because you had a had a temporary spike due to energy prices having gone up and um, shortages of labour, and that's all unwinding. That was all a COVID and a, an energy price spike. And it could, but it could happen again. You could get energy prices going up again. So yeah, um, we hope. David, not. sorry, David, can you explain to me why, when inflation is at a ten percent, it's nothing to do with the government, but when inflation is at four percent, um, we should all give uh, Rishi Sunak a round of applause. I, I, I don't think don't that's. Get... I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's what he's asking for. I think he's asking for your votes, not your applause. Um, <laughs> so I mean, that's to start you on the start you on uh, on, on on that. That's the iron rule of politics, isn't it? That uh, you know, good 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 news is claimed by everyone, and bad news was nothing to do with me. It was ever it was everybody else. Um, our inflation does look like it's sticky. There's another thing about inflation. And I mentioned earlier about, you know, 
uh, putting that, the, the tags down on prices in, in, in Tesco. Overall inflation is coming down, but food price inflation remains pretty high, as does uh, accommodation costs, interest rates going up, so anybody who's getting a new mortgage is finding that they're having to pay a lot more. So lots of things that people actually have to pay for on a regular basis, they're not quite seeing those uh, those benefits as much as the, uh, the government wants. So whether or not Rishi Sunak wants applause, the problem is that, you know, if I'm paying, you know, two pounds for six eggs, then I'm, you know, and last year I was paying a pound or one pound thirty or whatever, uh, then I'm unlikely to give that level of uh, that level of applause that he's perhaps demanding. That's like the GDP, isn't it? You know, is we might have a slight slight growth in the GDP, but the how much does it cost to get there? You know, like you say about fuel prices and you know components, importation costs, red tape. You know, it all increases costs, and obviously labour costs have gone up as well. So the the, the actual um, GDP has less worth than it did. So I mean, well, yeah, GDP is about sort of, but it's about how it's distributed as well. You know, who 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 get who gets that uh, GDP? Mm. But inflation, I say, it's it's hit, it's hitting on the on the on the uh, on the costs we all have to uh, we all have to meet. Electronics aren't going up at much in cost. Haven't done for many many years. Um, but but food is still so that's uh that that doesn't get stated very very often. But yeah, I can't, Max. Uh, that's what politicians want. They want they want your praise. Um, and they don't appear to be getting it. In fact, uh, well, the current government don't appear to be getting any from uh, from this from this show. I don't know how they can you know, can afford to live. Really, yeah, so should we should we start should we start beating up the opposition as well? Ooh, what was that? All sorts. There's fifty percent inflation on olive oil at the moment. So God knows what it is on avocados. That that apparently is down to the uh, olive groves being absolutely decimated by climate mm. change. I think there's been a 30% hit on olive groves. I mean, there's all sorts of hits. If you look at the damage of climate change doing to a lot of the uh, southern Mediterranean countries, it's um, some of the crop yields are 30%. And, and I, think, I think wheat has been down. Sorry, what was that? And the fish. And the fish. What's the what's the inflation like in France? Because it looked like you guys, or you guys, Macron's put in place Macron's put in place some interesting controls. I think there was discussions with the supermarkets about keeping five thousand items down at low yeah, price, that's it, and I yeah. know that They're, electric's being kept at a low inflation price. busting um, tactics. They've been doing they've been using it as a promotional um, tool as well. To be fair. But um, many of the supermarkets here, such as Leclerc and um, uh, Super U and what have you, have been uh, having certain products, certain lines of products, quite re- you know, considerably reduced, actually. So um, the price of food here is still fairly pricey here in France, I'll be absolutely honest, but there it always has been. Um, but the farmers, you see, have got a huge amount of power here and compared to what we've got in the UK because the, the buying system is totally different. You, you know, um, but in the UK, we... we we go and see a lot of um, empty shelves, what have you, again in the UK. But that's down to the fact that they can't get the stuff in time. Whereas before, there was like the next day, they put their orders, the supermarkets put their orders in for the next day, and they'd get it that day, you know, the, the following day. Um, and now it's like two to three days. If you follow Liz Webster on, uh, on oh, crikey, X formerly Twitter, <laughs> and um, yeah, she quite often posts things on there about that sort of stuff. And it is. We- <laughs> If I make the comparison to France and the UK, we've, we've pretty much seen no real shortages. You know, okay, we had a bit of shortage of eggs, and that's about it, and uh, it's all fine now. But the farmers, you see, they, they do get 
paid reasonable amounts of money. If they don't get paid what they want, they'll end up dumping a load of horse manure in, in, in the car park of Littles or something. Swapping their fields for the highway, hundreds of French farmers drove their tractors to Paris. On the city's main ring road, they disrupted traffic to protest against French government policies and international trade deals that they say make their lives harder and create unfair competition. Or in front of Parliament. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have said that. You know, you've just been talking about trade. Well, they've been trying oh. to avoid this topic. Yeah, sorry. Right, <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> David, can you tell us about this wonderful trade deal with with uh, Florida? Mm. Oh, can we bad a doc? I will, but you know, and I'll, but I'll explain why it's so amazing. Just after the point about uh, uh, why we can't get food onto our so much food onto our shelves in France can is that a lot of Europe's supply chains are organised around regional uh, uh, warehousing centres. Uh, so the most famous one is, for example, Am Amsterdam for uh, for flowers, or there's uh, fish in uh, Boulogne, Boulogne. And um, it's obviously harder now for the UK to tap into to that to those uh, sort of wholesale markets, um, more 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 cost, and there's just more cost in the in the whole system. Now the way we get around that, of course, is by doing very exciting trade deals. And what we've got with Florida is, as was built, I believe, a $1.1 trillion trade deal with Florida that I don't want anybody to call a Mickey Mouse deal. I'm <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, um, in which we agree that we're going to talk to each other. <laughs> is that it? I looked at the detail, yeah. Well, we might. Okay, well, we might. I mean, no, I, I don't want, want to kind of be completely unfair. We might in the future agree to talk to each other and do something that helps a UK business. So there may be some, you know, one business may get some benefit in the future. So Ron DeSantis would have loved that, wouldn't he? Because it gives him that, because he's running for president. That would look quite good because he can go, look, and have a trade deal with the UK. <laughs> but the thing that I get that, that confuses the hell out of me is if Trump somehow manages to get past all these charges and runs there's a good chance he's won and the british government have just endorsed his opposition candidate his opposition lead candidate for the republican party oh well yeah hey, well look no but we're doing deals with all these different uh, states well they're not really deals they're called memorandums of understanding so as i say they're, they're generally a long list of things that we're going to talk about and maybe some of it delivers something somewhere along the uh, along the line what it doesn't do mostly is make trade any easier i do find it funny how they slag off macron but then they're like we'll go and do a memorandum with maloney because she's far right enough but he does he has actually fallen out with disney as well hasn't he which is spectacular yeah 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 yeah. how do you do that like they are one of the most powerful organizations in florida uh although their share prices have absolutely collapsed because their movies now suck it was at 200 dollars. i think it's at 63 dollars now like that is a massive collapse that is that is pretty big. Um, I'd just like to ask David if he can explain to us what, like why a memorandum of understanding is so, for a better choice of words, crap. Like even what's what's generally contained within it. So that you, because you'll hear Brexiteers talk about what well, we have a memorandum of understanding. I don't understand what it is, but it, it sounds really cool. It's not a basically what the difference is. It's not a treaty. It's actually the uh, deal to. Uh, deport people to Rwanda was a memorandum of understanding and part of the reason why the courts uh, struck it down was saying well it's a memorandum of understanding it has no basic legal uh, legal status and the same with these uh, with these trade deals with Florida and other US states they have no legal basis what they say is we agree that we'll cooperate with you and we'll talk to you in the future and here are some of the topics we may talk about now 
taken as one part, a very, very small part of a much bigger thing, that's okay. We, we, I've signed memorandums of understanding in, uh, in, in, in government. They don't necessarily do much, but they might do. You never know. As part of, you know, a uh, full, uh, full, full diet or whatever. Um, but they're not. Yeah, they are just not a treaty, a, an actual treaty, an actual free trade agreement commits both sides to do something uh, and to having a dispute process when they don't. These memorandums of understanding commit to no such thing, which is why, again, in the case of in the case of Rwanda, Rwanda wasn't really committing to doing anything because it was in a it was in a memorandum of understanding. So that, that's that, that's the that's the fundamental uh, fundamental difference. But you know, mainly they're just a bit of a figure of fun. The, the the trade deals with U.S. states. It's not they couldn't be a bit useful. They're just a figure of fun for the way that the ministers have to go and say this is the greatest thing ever, when clearly they're just a, some sort of minor thing and by the way, just to just just to clear this up, and EU member states can do memorandums of understanding with U, with uh, US states as well. So it isn't even really a Brexit bonus. <laughs> Italy done one recently <laughs> with India, uh, I believe, and uh, a few states in the US as well. No, no, I, I believe Italy did one with California not that long ago. So yeah, but but really, as David has said they're they're not all that great. <laughs> yeah, so what you're saying really is it's a handshake deal. Yeah, more or less. Didn't you have a? Didn't we have a memorandum of understanding for you to come on this show? <laughs> oh no, I don't even get. I don't even get that because you rejected my uh, my my suggested uh, contractual terms. I don't know why I came actually at all. But um, after that, I was hoping maybe you know maybe next time I'd get a uh, get a better deal. But um, sorry, did I see clause something or other? Probably not. Clause sixteen, yeah, which said that you got, uh, Rwanda could send refugees to the uk which braverman got pulled up on the day before she got sacked with uh, of all people who pulled her up on it was laura kunzberg well which we've had a good look at it there is also a suggestion that the uk will resettle some of rwanda's most vulnerable refugees how many people do you expect will come to the uk from rwanda under this scheme no we don't foresee that happening well, our, hang on, our it's, in, it's, in the, it's in the agreement it says the participants will make arrangements for the united kingdom to resettle a portion of rwanda's most vulnerable refugees in the united kingdom our arrangement is very much focused on uh, people who are coming to the UK from safe countries and unlawfully and then be re being resettled to Rwanda. But it's in the, it's in scheme, the agreement then. So why did you is, sign it if it's, if it's in the agreement? That's what it says is, in black and white. Our scheme is uncapped. It means that uh, we can potentially send over several thousands of people from the UK to Rwanda. When I went to Rwanda, I saw with my own eyes how Rwanda is getting ready to receive these and, people. And you have said that, but is there a limit on the number of people that Rwanda could send back to this country because you've signed an agreement that says in black and white the United Kingdom will resettle a portion of Rwanda's most vulnerable refugees. The, 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 the balance and the reality of this agreement is that Rwanda is taking uh, people from the United Kingdom. We are resettling people who have arrived here illegally and therefore will be removed or relocated to Rwanda. As I've said, I've just seen the accommodation that's in train. They're building the housing that will be used to uh, accommodate people who are coming from Rwanda. We've, I've visited a school that will be used and, to and, support and the you, education And you said needs. that, but it is clearly here in black and white that the agreement you have signed also says that the United Kingdom might have to take refugees from Rwanda. But I, I think our viewers will hear that you don't want to address that point. Well, so no, the, the, the arrangement is very clear. On a balance and overwhelmingly, Rwanda will be taking people from the United Kingdom, not the other way around. Okay. And she couldn't, she was, it was absolutely amazing. She was really pressing Braverman to give an answer to this. How many people can Rwanda send us? Braverman just 
did the like she didn't thing, know. Dance. Go on. Sorry, it's like she didn't even know. There was an element of that, wasn't there? Yeah, that's bizarre. And, until at the very end of the conversation where Kunzberg had asked like three or four times, what about the numbers? How many can they send? She just flipped off. <laughs> I've never seen her do this to a Tory. I don't think I've seen her do this to a Tory before. But she flipped her off and basically said, oh, you don't want to answer that question. To which Brabham was like, uh, and sort of went into a bit of a stutter over it. But can, you remember, you, could... when she was, can you remember when she was in the committee meeting and uh, she was asked some very <laughs> awkward questions and she sort of shifted one side and sort of passed the buck to her colleague? Was that in regards to uh, getting someone, uh, when the MP asked her, how do you come over from... Let's say immigration again. Say through it's so legal route. So legal route. Which which begs the question: Is it she doesn't understand, or she's pretending not to understand? And I don't know which is worse because either she doesn't know how people can come through a safe route, or she doesn't know if people are actually coming from Rwanda, or she, she's she's pretending not to know this because either case, in either way, you know, it's like <laughs> if you have a surgeon in front of you and they're like. So I have to, I have to, uh, I have to do an incision here, right? You're joking, yes, <laughs> or do you not know? I don't know which is worse. You jo- well, it'd be probably worse if you don't know how to do your job. So it seems as well, Brevin doesn't know how to do her job. Is she making an assumption that no, she or she believes that nobody else knows? <laughs> Why would they ask me that? Well, there's an element of that, you know. When you there was a again, Marina Perkis dropped it on X the other day, yesterday I think, where she showed a clip of people being interviewed. Basically saying in, in a cafe outside, I didn't pick, I didn't get where the location was, but it was somewhere in England. And they were being asked, oh, what do you think about what's happened with the Supreme Court and them stopping people coming over? And they were all saying, oh, there's not enough for us. There's not enough of housing. There's not enough of this. There's not enough of that. There are not enough jobs. And you're going, who, like, you might be right with the housing. I think that's a big topic that no one's really addressing, including the Labour Party. Uh, most charities and organisations are saying we need 400,000 a year. I think that's achievable. Labour is saying we're only going to do 150,000 a year. And the Tories are just not even talking about it. That should have been top priority. Start building houses, everyone, because it solves a lot of the problems. But it was interesting hearing these people complain about, oh, there are not enough homes. But it, they were then blaming the migrants. And you're going, but we could build those homes. That It's like, the social media and government narrative has been so well coordinated to a specific group of people that essentially, I, I hate to say this, there's an element of brainwashing going on because you're going and it's or, or very good propaganda because you're going, that's not right. You've been fed this false narrative. It's these guys that can build them and they're choosing not to. And it's no shock when you delve in deeper that, you know, I think it's 66 conservative MPs are landlords. And they're clearly blocking stuff. We we talked about freeholds in the last episode. That's been blocked. And they've had to but, come but up with been, a new way of getting around it. Go on, Max. But, but if you look at, for example, the Daily Express, where and they'd run an they'd run an article on, you know, the fact that I don't know, the EU is putting checks on goods coming in from the UK, they'd sell that as some sort of Brexit victory. Like this this is just how insane things are. So it's the the media play a massive role here, convincing people either to vote against their own interests or to convince people that um, their greatest enemy is somebody who has literally nothing, has no power, no money, no influence. They've arrived in the country with the clothes on their back, but they are the greatest threat to their livelihood or the greatest threat to civilization instead of focusing on the people who are actually selling this idea. The big thing in, in, in 2019, there was three things that won us the election. It was nothing to do with me. Uh, it was it was Brexit, it was Boris, it was Corbyn. 
mm. and it was as simple as that. Those three things together was a great campaign, mm. great ingredients. Mm. Um, at the next election, we haven't got those three things, so mm. we're going to have to yeah. think of something else. It'll probably be a, cult, a mixture of culture wars and trans debate. And you look at what Brexit did and how it split the country. And I was I was been doing some reading on the American Civil War and the restoration that took place afterwards. And interestingly, one of the pieces of propaganda that came out was the American dream and the movement from the East Coast to the West Coast. And part of the reason for this falsification propaganda, because it basically makes it sound as if the Americans were just moving across this empty land, whereas in fact they were committing genocide and wiping out all the natives. But part of the reason for that propaganda was to create some sort of unification for the country. And all these guys have done since Brexit is continually create culture wars yeah more divide. which split the country and you're going america really needed that restoration to take place and they needed people to come together after a major split and you're going well with brexit they've just continued the split and they've reinforced it i think there's a change though because in part you know we've got a youth generation that's just completely rejecting conservative values and at the same time we've got um the older generation are just slowly leaving earth is that an, I should should I just be more blunt? Well, I, I mean, I, I've, look, there there clearly is a there clearly is a bubble that you know ex, ex, exists there. But I I do actually think that it's being yeah you know, all all the figures say it, you know it's being rejected by the by the majority of of people. Mm. And as things stand at the next election, it will be quite decisively rejected. And then the Conservatives will decide that they're probably uh, not right wing enough, and they'll try it again. Hopefully it'll be decisively rejected again. And at that point, maybe, just maybe, um, some something will 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 change. Um, it's kind of interesting in the in the US that um, Biden and the Democrats continually seem to poll worse, but perform better, actually, in their uh, in, 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 in votes for all that. Uh, you know, there's, there's this great culture war in, in, in America. Actually, mm. the Democrats have been doing pretty well in uh, in, in votes now, not. You know, there's still clearly a large percentage who do believe all of this stuff, but there's also a large percentage who don't. Now, that's your that's your grounds for uh, that's your grounds for optimism or for not sort of jumping jumping out the window right now, is that actually large large percentages do appear to be uh, immune to it, and even among the uh, even even among the elderly, particularly around uh, London and the southeast, an awful an awful lot of them, including people I I, I know who are lifelong conservatives won't be voting conservative because they think all of this cultural nonsense is rubbish um and that's that's why they uh, you know the tories are terrified of losing the, uh, the home counties that's why they brought blue dave back to uh, you know because he's going to single-handedly save that i don't think he is actually blue but... dave. <laughs> you think there's a chance to bring back boris do you think there is a chance? I was thinking i was thinking that early uh, uh, earlier it was like you know you're looking at these figures where so, Sunak's polling seems to have cratered as a result of bringing back uh, uh, Mr. Cameron, Lord Cameron. Sorry, 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 sir. Um, and um, and it was, you know, it actually appears that's done in bad. A lot of the reaction has been just sort of laughter and, oh my God, you really are desperate, aren't you? And you sort of think, well, could they? They couldn't really. He's not in Parliament. He, um, you know, surely, surely they couldn't. But you know what? They, they you, could. Know, you wouldn't completely put this uh, put this past the. Uh, Past the Conservatives, remember where you heard this, guys. Uh, it would be worse to bring back Truss or Boris. All shorts, what do you think? Oh, it's got to be Truss, isn't it? Trussonomics. Boris Johnson is a bit of a... Well, he's a populist, isn't he? he just wants to satisfy everybody. He doesn't want, he don't want to upset anybody. That's why he failed. So a bit of a puppet, really, I suppose. 
What? Give trust more than more than six weeks and see what she does with the country? No, thanks. <laughs> I don't give trust. I, I don't want Boris. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Boris so, like, I agree with you. You, you, think, you know, which, 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 which one's worse? Well, you know, one of them failed to outlast a lettuce, you know? Which... <laughs> that was classic, that was. <laughs> was, it, was it the Daily Star or something done that? The daily, the, the daily Star, which actually, uh, t- you know, tends to have the uh, the most cutting edge political commentary these days, isn't it? Yeah, the UK. You may be missing this, but their, their front pages are often. That was class. That was. Of, that one, I'll tell you. Works, work, work, works of art. Actually, my my uh, my favourite one shouldn't say this about uh, about about such things. When that um, when when that uh, Russian. Uh, uh, oh, Lebedev. Well, Lebedev. Um, the uh, foreign secretary, the Russian foreign secretary, not the foreign, the um, a... the one who'd been crossing, the one who'd been crossing Putin, who th- who threatened them, the uh, the ca- the caterer turned mercenary leader. Oh, so him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. When he when he uh... when he uh, when he he uh, died in that plane crash, and uh, the Daily Star led with, "Who saw that coming?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's. You know, so I think mean, there's actually there's actually some uh, some wet and humour uh, there, but yes, um, not not just thank you. Don't remind us of uh, of, of that. Could they go back to uh, Boris Johnson? I mean, it's. Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 thinking that they could have Boris Johnson in the cabinet, but they wouldn't go back to him as being leader. I, I, I don't think see that they happening. could be just desperate enough. I mean, uh, goodness, bring voters. I don't think they can. I think they've more or less most a lot of the party have in fact just. Give, give it given up and just accept that they're go, they're going to uh, to lose but uh, I don't, you should never rule any of this sort of stuff out it's interesting we were bringing up russia because there was a couple of interesting things so it's a rumor kicking around that the head of wagner i've forgotten his name um was on in costa rica and that the whole thing had been staged and that, that was the fellow was talking the about, yeah yeah um which is interesting um there was another interesting article that came out about Russian troll farms the other day. Apparently, there are about 20 big Christian uh, social media groups. And I think there was a report that came out that identified 18 of them were Russian troll farms. And Lebedev was in the House of Lords for once and coming out and complaining about woke culture again. Why the hell is the BBC trying to boulderize Faulty Towers, one of its finest creations? Why can't we make the war? Why are they trying to sandpaper all dull? Why can't we say the word fat? Have attitudes really changed so fast? Around the world, people are noticing what is happening and are saying, look at Britain, the home of Western liberal values. Look at what happens in Britain today if you say or think something about human biology that used to be pure common sense. And, you're, and this, this happened on the same day of the sacking, so it got that along with the CP... TTP stuff all got brushed under the carpet that day as well. And Jeremy Hunt's um, Prigozhin austerity got brushed under the carpet. But it was just interesting to see that with the Russians, there's still stuff going on that hasn't been addressed. No one's addressing it. And Putin's just. With Lebedev, there was an extraordinary front page of the uh, Evening Standard as well during the the week. Some absolute culture war uh, crazy stuff. And he's he's already been he's written a few articles that say you know culture war and woke is terrible because I'm being criticised as a Russian because Russia's invaded Ukraine was more or less the and he's writing huge long articles saying he is the victim he's the victim oh, of, of 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 Russia invading Ukraine not not Ukrainians not those who are dying but him was he writing um, his own newspaper sorry in yeah. his own newspaper obviously yeah, it's his own <laughs> newspaper and he he if you there's an interview with him where he's talking about the invasion of Crimea. And you listen to his words, and then you realise that the state, the words he's using, 
have actually come from a Russian uh, foreign ministry statement justifying the invasion of Crimea. But I think what I would say is that uh, it's very complicated and textured subject that a lot of the time is misunderstood in the West. And um, Crimea, what people don't realize, has been for many, many years, many centuries, part of Russia, and only very recently part of Ukraine. So even though I would say that the referendum may have not been held under the right circumstances, I think if... You think it was a genuine I, th I think the, uh, the actual outcome of the vote would have been the same. One thing I would say is that yesterday we've seen that Russia has reached out to the West, and I think now it's time to stop... Uh, Cold War rhetoric on both sides and start talking. The Cold War is over. Let's not start another one. And he's literally repeated it on the BBC. And you're going, yeah, well, then you're a dick. <laughs> and quite frankly, you're a total asshole. You deserve to have this shit thrown at you. But it's, it's uh, I mean, again, you could, like, going back to the culture war stuff, if they want to get rid of it, Putin provided a perfect scapegoat to unify the country. And they threw it in the bin, probably because they were all taking bungs. Uh, well, it's not even probably. We know that the only way you get rich in Russia is if Putin backs you. And we're talking billionaire rich. So the, oh, a large number of those billionaires have come over to the UK. They've got UK passports. They can now donate to the Conservative Party. And they have been. And I think the total somewhere in the region of about 8 million. And there's even a clip of Nadine Doris saying we've got to listen to our donors. Because well, if we don't, they'll, they'll go mad. The Conservative Party donors have said themselves that they aren't going to support the party if if the prime minister is removed i think a number of mps in marginal seats need to hear that and, and need to understand what they're doing 18 million pounds those donors have donated to the conservative party over recent times it's those do those donors that have helped us to win the election and they need to hear and, that message so you're going right so there is a complete track here that you've created I mean, if I was the bad guy, if I wanted to be the bad dictator that wanted to mess with the UK or split the EU or mess with America, there's so many routes to do it that are now easy that weren't really there in the 1990s or in the Cold War, including social media and morons allowing people that are mates with Putin to become UK citizens. It's it's shocking. And it doesn't look like it's going to be dealt with until they're out. Or, and there's another reason for the ECHR withdrawal they're, do they're doing an investigation into whether or not british democracy has been a breach of human rights because the uk government refuses to investigate russian interference and it makes you wonder is part of this a bigger plan to get out of the echr get public opinion so the conservatives don't get caught up in a court case what happened to the russia report uh it uh yeah it's uh, i think there was a, a news article saying that rishi had, had received it i think it had been completed and he's just sat on it and of course, because everything else is going on, because it's Russia Report too, yeah. everything else is going on. No one's batting an eyelid about. I'm, I'm afraid I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I nearly do now because now Nadine Doris has said there is a Doctor No who is sort of secretly <laughs> controlling the uh, Conservative Party and possibly the country. And obviously, if Nadine Doris <laughs> says there's a conspiracy theory going on, then I almost believe this, but uh, I don't. In fact. Uh, <laughs> So sorry, that. Apart from the conspiracy, no, no. there was uh, the, the, that uh, is the trade conspiracy, which is that we are forcing the uh, the world to get uh, tongue twisted by CPTPP, oh. and we're doing a very good job of that. But apart from that, there are no conspiracies. <laughs> how are you so? How are you so sure that there aren't conspiracies out there? What makes you think that Putin would be a bit of an ass and do a cheap version of a wrecking job? I mean. You know, if you're a bad guy, this is just this is this isn't even difficult. This is like the doors open to 
to bribery and corruption. Oh, no, no, no. Other people have conspiracies. I'm just pointing out that the state of the UK government, you're, you're asking me to believe that the uh, people around the, the UK government can actually deliver some big complex plan, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a, around a conspiracy. I don't buy it. I see no evidence of such competence. I, did you, you got did the, the COVID inquiry? Did you read the Russia report for, for Trump and why the, the the Russians weren't able to actually interfere, but they attempted to interfere with Trump? Did anyone read that? That was spectacular. Dmitry Klokov, a former press secretary to Russia's energy, energy minister. Klokov's ex-wife had contacted Ivanka, offering his assistance to the Trump campaign. So, that is someone with ties to the Russian government offering help to elect Trump. Ivanka forwarded that email to Cohen, who Googled Dmitry Klokov and concluded that the person they must be talking about was a former Olympic weightlifter by that name, a man who has videos online like this. And one of them managed to mix up all the way through to the interviews with the FBI the identity of a Russian foreign minister with that of a weightlifter? And you're going, dear God, you've... And apparently during the interviews, he still thought the weightlifter was the correspondent from Putin's foreign ministry trying to contact the Trump administration. But it does prove your point, David. There's a level of incompetence with popularism that's beyond beyond belief. Was the, was the Russian minister's name Grand Shaps? <laughs> if that is his real name. Bringing... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there's a man who really knows how to run a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> how many accounts, uh, Excel accounts, does he have? I've got. I'll, I'll ask this, David, then, because we brought it up a bit earlier, and I'd love to know if you've got any thoughts on it. But the money that we are paying into the EU is there? Has anyone quantified the amount that businesses are now paying into the EU to compensate for the fact that we haven't got membership? I said, yeah, you, they're not really, um, that's not really quite the, the, the same thing. So some people have quantified mm. the money that the government was paying into the EU versus the um, less money they're now getting in tax as a result of lower lower mm. growth and suggesting that, 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 that oh, that's already a, a, a loss to the government. In terms of what business are paying, when you're trading now, you have to pay all manner of um, agents and middle, uh, middle people. Uh, to, to to trade. It's not necessarily paying to the, the EU. Certainly businesses are uh, footing, footing extra costs. I haven't seen the numbers to, you know, exa exactly what, but they, it's not them paying the EU. So it's not quite the same thing. But yes, in general, there are, you know, there, there is the view that all that complaint about how much we're paying to the EU, the economy has lost far more money than was being paid into uh, in, into the EU. And just a simple example of that, we used to pay money so that the EU uh, Commission could function and have lots of officials doing trade. Now we have to have lots of officials doing trade and agriculture and whatever. So it's, it, you know, it fairly obviously wasn't a, this, this, this huge saving, but you can't quite offset it in the, uh, in the way you wanted to. Sorry, that's a really boring answer though. No, no, no. I, I mean, people come on here to listen to politics and how it all operates. Like it is a curious question because at the yeah. end of the day, it does seem that part of the reason we paid that bill was to save us paying individually. Yeah. So the government paid it instead of individual businesses. But, but one of the reasons why, why public sectors, public spending is having to go up is we have to have all these people doing jobs that previously were being done by the uh, by, by, by the commission. And then you say, oh, we want to get rid of these people. Well, look, we've got 600 people doing trade policy now. We used to have 40. 
that's an increase of, you know, a lot. Um, all right, on its own, that's not necessarily the big number, but then add all of that up in agriculture and in, uh, and in different areas and all the regulatory agencies, you it adds up to quite a uh, to, to, to to quite a, to quite a large number. So that's what you know that's where the cost saving doesn't uh, you know doesn't look so clever anymore but also there's the issue of like businesses that have closed or moved operations abroad they probably wouldn't be covered under that under that so for example the cheese company that ended up um just closing its operations trying to stopping its trade with the european union you, you're they not able to off, account, account for that yeah yeah no, exactly. able to off... Sorry, it's really hard to account for that in in in, in totality uh, you just do it, and that's where you do it in a kind of GDP level or, or 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 overall or overall growth. But generally, it doesn't get you the kind of big numbers. What it shows you is, you know, for example, UK inflation is running slightly higher than uh, you know, other countries. UK growth is running slightly lower. But unfortunately, for at least the people who would like to show that it's a disaster, you know, GDP doesn't fall off a fall off a cliff because lots of the things that the UK does are not that much affected. We still sell Scotch whiskey around the world, uh, you know. Rolls-Royce engines or whatever. So a lot of the stuff still happens. The cheesemaker is not doing it. Two people lose their jobs or five. And there's lots of such small stories. But on the other hand, Rolls-Royce still sell their engines. And that's worth, you know, probably all the, all the cheese we produce and much, you know, 10, ten but, times over. So it's not just cheesemakers. There's, there's loads of small bean enterprises all been hit by this. And mm. Lots of them have gone out of business. Just, well, well, since you've got records in your, in, your, in your backdrop, I was a couple of years ago. I was in a, I was in a record shop in South, in southeast London. And um, the, the, the owner was getting a bit chatty. I was his only customer that uh, that day. It was a foul day. And he said to me, what do you do? And I thought, this is not going to be good, but I'll try it. You know, I said, oh, you know, tra trade Europe. And, oh, my God. 20-minute rant about, you know, the fact that basically he could no longer sell any of his stock out to uh, yeah. out, out, out to Europe. Now, judging by some of his stock, I mean, you know, I'm not so, I'm, I'm surprised that he was selling that much. But, even you know, even, even so, you know, those are the kind of people who are just no, no longer bothering. If you're a small thing. Yeah, small retailer, and it's those you know. It's not yeah. It may not be the Rolls Royce engines, but it is the small um. It, it is the small businesses that we are supposed to be in in favour of. And, and yeah, also, that it, back... it, don't forget, it's also money that gets spent in the country. A lot of it, like Rolls Royce, yeah. a lot of that money get offshored. Yeah, and yeah. and just to, just to finish on the you know yeah exactly, and just to finish on the on on uh, on 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 that point. Yeah, lots of lots of people are. Working in that, this is supposed to be the Conservative Party of, uh, of 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 small business, but instead it's this right it's this right wing blob we've been discussing. So there you go, QED. What was your what was your business all shorts? Because well, you said you got shut down. I pretty much got shut down because of Brexit, really. So I lost a large proportion of my customer base because of well, loads of people here um, well moved back to the UK because they were frightened because of Brexit. They didn't know what's going to happen, but also we didn't. We don't get the amount of people coming here buying old wrecks of houses, which is kind of what I specialised in regarding making windows, doors and stuff like that in our workshop. And those people aren't coming anymore. Now, recently, there's actually, I don't know if you've uh, heard, um, hasn't gone through French Parliament yet. They're going to give those with second homes in France um, a visa. Long-term oh, visa. Wow. Um, so you, I think I don't know if it'll be the twelve-month one or what it will be, but there'll be a reoccurring visa. <clears throat> and also, they're going to recognise the uh, GIT card for um, six months. So that's only that's six not, months. That's so, not going to get around the the ninety-day out of no. hundred eighty-day issue. Okay. No, that, that won't get around it. But the visa would, wouldn't it? The yeah, the visa will make a big would. difference because these people better stay, but they're going to have to sort out some healthcare, which, which is yeah. private. So. Um, 
you know, for some people, it's going to make be, you know make a big difference to them. Um, but obviously, in France, they you know, it's like any country, they want uh, ex- you know um, foreign investment. But you, we mentioned earlier in this stream um, about house building regarding import export. You know, in, it's not just about getting the house uh, building up houses, which is going to push down the price of the houses and. Then you obviously got the developers and what have you who are going. Yeah, you know, they, they don't necessarily want that because it devalues their stock. But um, how the hell are we going to get the materials at the right price when the value of the pound is is, is low compared to what it used to be before Brexit? And we've got to import majority of our building materials from the. All right, you you you're setting me off here. You're oh, sorry. I'm going to get cut off, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you want to build, a, if you want to build as many houses as Alex wants to build, as Alex wants to build, what you're going to find is exactly that. You're going to find that inflation will start spiking upwards because we haven't got the people to build it, we haven't got no. the skills to build it, and we haven't got the materials. Now there's a We've bit. Got of the a, people are in hotels. There's a bit of a sly deal going on at the moment because what the developers, as far as I can tell, want is they want to relax planning rules, not mm. so they can build more houses, but so they can build houses anywhere they like, and it reduces their costs and increases their profits. The problem with the UK housing system or the main problem as far as i can see is it's almost entirely reliant on private uh, developers why are private yeah. developers going to deliver to the country um what the country needs they're going to deliver what the housing developers need so don't 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 yeah. start me off on that and then there's a whole bunch of people who just say oh it's all about planning from well that might be a part of it but there are just so many bits to that there's many fa- i've been jigsaw. in the industry a lot of years yeah in the construction industry in, in the uk and it's extremely complicated and multifaceted yeah. Um, you get property developers like Wilcon Homes, Bogues, all them lot. They'll they'll sit on the land, so they'll, mm. they'll get a uh, plan yeah. permission, say for a thousand houses, for argument's sake. But they've got land there to build ten thousand houses, so they'll put that be a roundabout with like I don't know five exits, but then use two of them or something. Um, yeah. They'll sit on that land until it's, they're ready to build, not when the houses are necessarily required, but when they're ready to build, so they can make the most money. So um, the, the sorry. Well, I was just going to say that it's interesting you bring that up. The solution to that is to introduce a land tax. And then even if you just sat on the land and it's accumulating value, you're being taxed. So it's up to you to make a decision. The Country and Planning Act in 1947, that's a pain in the backside. And arguably that needs to go mm. but, or uh, needs to be repealed and then maybe something else brought in. And a lot of that relaxes it. And I've said it every week now for about a month, I think. 3D printed houses. You can do it out of concrete. It probably needs steel reinforcement, but that can do no, a they, two-story house. No, they're already house. doing it. That's already happening. Uh, but it's not in the numbers that oh, we no, no. should be doing okay. it. And the they're Sultan Brunei has already set a target of 50, 40% of housing to be done, 3D printed in Dubai by 2030. We're not setting targets like that. They're not plastic, by the way. No, they're not. The concrete. (laughs) That's the stuff that will stay up. Go on, David. Boring point that's been made to me. You're not going to fix any of this unless you are going to build a lot more social housing. That's number one. Number two, 50% of new build in London, up to 50%, is is being bought by buyers from uh, overseas. We don't know who they are, how they are, but if you're going to have to build twice as many homes... To, if you see what I mean, because half of them are going to be built up, bought by people who don't actually intend to live in them. And often, you know, they're just living part time in them or occasionally. So they're not even renting them out necessarily or they're putting them on Airbnb or whatever. You've got you've got you've got a real problem there. So, yes, you clearly do need to build more, but you can't do it as you're doing it at the moment. You yeah. cannot let the, uh, <laughs> the system be entirely run by uh, by by, de- by developers. Somebody's got to ta- somebody else has got to get involved in that. 
But it's, those foreign it, developers are not paying any tax on those properties either if they sell them. No. So, so like, there's a, Russian oligarch, there's a Russian oligarch that owns Brompton Station, which he's done nothing with. And that's just gone up in value. And he's not, he's not going to, you'll pay capital gains on it, maybe. Um, and that's about it. But everything else is just sat there. And you're going, well, you're just obviously accumulating value whilst the rest of us are all paying taxes. Yeah. That's why I'd say there's an argument for a land tax. On that cheerful note, <laughs> bye, everyone. Thank you, guys. week for another exciting story from the files of Police Squad. So there was Jeremy Hunt getting ripped apart in the Commons. I think one of the MPs came up and said, children's heights have shortened. What are you doing about that? And he came out and said, austerity is great. (laughs) Malnutrition. Yeah. We've got diseases back from the Victorian period. Wickets. Uh, <laughs> how, how do you do? I, I know you get into nostalgia and all, but I didn't think it to that level. Yeah, I don't, and I like the vitamin D because our kids don't go inside anymore. They just they just stay in the bedrooms playing. What's the problem? Bit Proper English diseases for a true, you know, an independent country. I know we we were ta- <laughs> taking back control of our, of diseases. You see. They're happy diseases. That's what they are. Exactly. Uh, these were, you know, because that's associated with, you know, sending kids up the chimneys and whatever. So, um, <laughs> you know, if they're shorter, then they can, you know, they can they can work more easily in the uh, sweatshops or whatever. Oh, crikey. Their little hands can go inside the machine. Yeah, exactly. So, I may or may not use that one later. Um, that's, uh... No, maybe not. Not um, everyone understands sarcasm, so yeah, be careful of that. <laughs> I'm screwed then.